We're approaching 8.18 and, and wrapping up a 13-month investigation into the tragic death of actress Chang Jae-yeon 10 years ago. An investigative committee under the Ministry of Justice concluded they would not call for a new probe into her case. Earlier this week, the committee said the statute of limitations for rape and indecent assault has already expired and the statute of limitations for special rape has yet to expire, but the facts and evidence have not been sufficiently verified to immediately launch an investigation. And that brought a lot of disappointment to people who had been sending out petitions, uh, hundreds of thousands of people, in fact, doing so, calling on the presidential office to do something about this. We have on the line Professor Vladimir uh, Tikhonov, uh, who's actually more popularly known by his Korean name, Pak Noja, and he's visiting Korea at the moment, although he's currently teaching at the University of Oslo. So while you're here in Korea, good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, and thank you very much for calling me. Absolute pleasure. Um, But not a very pleasurable subject, I'm afraid. Before we get on to that, can you just, um, for those who are not familiar with your work, uh, you you have been highly respected for your sharp insights into Korean society, also your eloquent use of the Korean language. Uh, Has has any of that uh, started to rust away while you've been in Norway? I'm afraid so. There are not that many opportunities to teach in Korean there, you know. Although, of course, the degree of recognition of Korea has been rising in Norway as well. But, I mean, as far as the Korean wave is concerned, Norway perhaps is a little bit backward region. It's not exactly the center of the high-low Korean wave boom. How sad has it been for you from Norway to observe what's been happening in the last few months here, the the series of sex scandals that have actually adopted a kind of triple name, uh, Chang Hakson, if we combine Chang Taeyeon, Kim Hagi and Burning Sun? Well, it was terrible, of course, but also at the same time, frankly, I have the feeling that for, for one thing, it's something that had been hidden for a very long time, has now at last came to the light. The thing is that those things had been happening for a very long time. The only problem is that, of course, for a for long time, nobody took care of that. I remember very well when I was for the first time at Korea University as an exchange student in 1991. I was told many times by my Korean co-students that certain professors are extremely dangerous for women. So female students were not recommended to enter their research rooms alone because what could evade them afterwards was, at well, uh, sexual, sexual harassment <laughs> at best, but it could go also much, much further than this. At that time, however, there was no Korean word for sexual harassment. So I was just told that those processes are extremely dangerous types. <laughs> so those things have been happening for a very long time, but at last now we just get at least the tip of the iceberg. We know at least part of the real picture. So on the plus side, we could say that actually talking about it helps to reveal what's a much deeper problem in in Korean society, then again, it doesn't send out a very positive message after all that if we don't see punishments carried forward. Um, And and that seems to be what's happening in this Chang Chai-yeon case with the Justice Ministry not reinvestigating or or, or not finding enough evidence at this point to reinvestigate. What's your reaction to that development this week? Well, very frankly, I'm furious. I'm really furious because... 
For one thing, status of limitation it may expire. It doesn't mean, however, that investigation cannot be proceeded with. You can investigate and find the truth. In case status status of limitation has expired, however, you may be unable to punish the perpetrators. However, investigation as such can continue even after the expiration of the state of limitations. So the real question here, of course, is extreme unwillingness of the state bureaucracy to cross one particularly influential ultra-conservative newspaper. They, so basically it means that despite current liberal regime's attempt to present itself as pro-feminist, current president famously said once that he's a feminist too, which I was very glad to hear. Well, despite all this, very unfortunately, current liberal regime is unable to seriously promote the liberal, uh, the, the feminist agenda. That's quite terrible, actually. It just means that the struggle is going to be protracted. Things wouldn't just end this benevolent regime now investigating the things and punishing the penetrators, the struggle is going to be really protracted. It would not end so simply. Of course, I mean, this does touch on many feminist questions in this country and, and signs of of gender inequality that we, we, we often touch on the show, but it's also a question of justice. Someone being forced to do things allegedly that no human being should be forced to do, and, and someone who took their own life in, in the desperation of those circumstances. But it's also oh. maybe a question of evidence, isn't it? I mean, if, if they can't find the evidence to prove it one way or the other, what can you do? You've got to respect the rule of law as well. Well, that is certainly true. But at least there is, I mean, if you look at the reports of the investigation you always have the feeling that they never tried to investigate hard enough. There were chief suspects in the case, such as the father and son owning the ultra-conservative Chosen Elbow newspaper, and as we know now, they were only being given a police hearing for around half an hour or so at their premises. Police even couldn't get them into police station. <laughs> So, so to say, so it was police that was supposed to go to their offices. So you always have the feeling that, yes, it's true they were not able to find the evidences, but we are never sure whether they really tried to do so, so, so to say. So, and it again boils back to the issue of liberal government, unable or unwilling or both, to really cross the ultra-conservative forces which still have enormous power in the South Korean society. We have also the case of the Burning Sun nightclub, where Big Bang member Sung Lee has been at the, the centre of that for, for some time. Um, but, but we've got a court refusing to issue an arrest warrant for this former Big Bang member and his business partner. That's exactly, it belongs to the same string of evidences. The current liberal administration, unfortunately, is either unable or unwilling or both to seriously prosecute those cases. So to say, they say they don't find the evidences, but it looks like they simply didn't, didn't even try to look seriously about them. So, and the prosecution, it takes time, but it also, it looks like that in many cases, 
well, they're just too formal in their approach. <laughs> too but, formalistic, and it's obviously... Not, uh, yes? I was just going to say, it might sound naive, but do I... You know, am I really supposed to believe that that everybody looking into this from either the Justice Ministry Committee or within the courts here is either too afraid or, or not passionate enough about finding out the truth? It just seems so unlikely um, that, that it could be, even at this stage, so embedded uh, into our legal system. This, again, it's either apathy or corruption. Well, it's both corruption and that is sort of what is a very general, that's what Bourdieu, the famous French sociologist, Pierre Bourdieu, used to call habitus, a sort of socially shared habit or custom. So here in South Korea, among conservative male power holders, there is a widely shared understanding of, well, masculinity as prerequisite for great great citizenship and as as long as you are female you are given second-rate citizenship at best so that's a a sort of well citizenship predicated on masculinity it's a it's it's widely shared especially among more conservative elder males who constitute the majority of the power holders and then you have this well, general mentality of militarized masculinity, the idea that the males protect the females, and it's only the males who possess real citizenship, uh, due to the fact that it is we who serve in the military forces. So the females are either our honored mothers or the prostitutes whom we regularly visit. Something like this, it's a, this sort of concept of masculinity, which unfortunately dominates much of South Korean society. So it's not necessarily that we are dealing with a conspiracy, but you have the shared unwillingness of powerful males to get serious to all those incidents. Well, Professor Paknoja or Vladimir Tikhonov, now of the University of Oslo, but at the moment in Korea, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much for calling me. Thank you. Um, 6130 texts in saying, it's funny because it feels like I've become numbed at all the high-profile sex scandals and sexual violence cases because there are so many. Is this very much different in other advanced countries? Well, I guess you could say that the, the, the Me Too movement was all about this and it sadly affected many countries. What's very important is that we match advanced countries in the legal response and obviously some people feel that's not happening.